Hello and welcome to another episode of Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. I'm Dustin Dubuque. This year's John Hansen. Yes, and we are excited. It's post-Thanksgiving, post-Black Friday, post-Small Business Saturday. Are you Are you wore out? Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm sitting on John's uh, table in his basement, and I'm just looking at a stack of, of Black Friday uh, Black Friday finds. So that's what we've been talking about. Got a big, big stack of movies here I'm looking forward to yeah, turning into. Yeah, I know. I only bought three and kept myself down this year. Sure. Came out with about ten. So I... Uh, I you went got, downwards. I didn't buy Black Panther. What a mistake. You did get the whole Predator franchise. I did. And we are going to talk whole Predator franchise soon because the new one comes out on DVD. That you saw in the theater? Yeah. Okay. That's why we got to wait because I, I have to see it on DVD. I didn't go to the theater to see. So, because it was Thanksgiving, and I should have talked about this last week, so I want to talk about it this week. And we might have talked about it on our very first episode uh, before we get into the couple news bits I have. Um you uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. You've seen, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you love it? I like it. I like it uh, a good amount. Yes. Okay. Good. I know it was Thanksgiving, and then I realized that it was Thanksgiving game. I was sitting at the, my family's table, and I realized that I had not watched planes, and trains, and automobiles that day. So Sunday, we were putting up Christmas stuff in the house, and I was like, "Well, I know it's four days after Thanksgiving, but." Uh, this needs to happen, so I threw it on. I was thinking about should we do some sort of Thanksgiving episode, but the only movie I could think of it is. was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. They, they have it on lockdown. I mean, the, the I, holiday? Yeah. That movie? Why did more people not do Thanksgiving? Because it's just easier to put some Christmas trees up and put everybody in a green sweater? I guess. <laughs> did you see? I'll just send this to you. Maybe I'll link it on Facebook. Uh, somebody created a list on Letterboxd of like. Christmas movies released since like 2010 that involve uh, two white people, married couple, wearing red and green sweaters as the box cover. And it's like three pages of covers of DVDs of two white people in front of a Christmas tree wearing green and red sweaters. And it's crazy the amount of movies that come out every year. A lot of, I'm sure, are Hallmark movies, but it just made me laugh. I'll just put that on. I was going to send it to you, but I mean, I'll throw it online because it's get you into the holiday spirit of everything that's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to ask about Planes, Trains because I rewatched it and I, re- I re-love it. Still good, huh? Still good. I-, I haven't watched it in a couple <clears throat> years. I don't think I watched it the last few years. And uh, John Candy's so funny. Oh, yeah. And it's Steve Martin. Great. I love Steve Martin. Is that one of your, is that one of your people? Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I just and, and the ending has a great death punch. Such a sweet, tender moment. I forgot how like sad. I remember I, we were doing stuff like last like thirteen minutes of the movie. I just like stopped what I was doing and stood in the living room and I just watched it. I'm like, that's good. That's good. And you forget how ridiculous it is at points, but it's great. That's all I wanted to know. All right, so movie news. Uh, I guess I should have uh, asked you first, but I was sitting around watching football on Thursday during Thanksgiving. Did you see the Lion King trailer? Uh, they got a live action one coming out, right? Yeah. I didn't see the trailer. Okay. Because the trailer, uh, the only reason why I saw it is because it was, they premiered it maybe, <coughs> excuse me, right at halftime of the first football game. And it uh, swept 
the entire internet by storm. It's the most viewed trailer in Disney history already. It's been, what, five days, four days? It's crazy. And even though the trailer literally was the same thing as the original 1992 or 94 movie. Now, this one's live action, but is it like CG lions? From what I see, yeah, a little bit. Are they talking? Yeah. And singing? Yeah. So it's basically CG animated to look real. Yeah. Pretty uh, I don't know if I need that. <laughs> it's, you know, and here's my problem with it. I watched, uh, I was watching a Collider Live yesterday and they were talking about it. And uh, everybody on there was just blowing it up. Like they couldn't wait. They were so excited. And next year it was like in their top three movies to see. And uh, a few people like called into the, the, the show and said, wasn't it just the same thing? Like, Mm-hmm. They show, you know, the music, they lift the, uh, uh, what's the Cubs name? Uh, jeez, oh, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of every other character, but the main character. Um, yeah, there was Timon Simba. And Pumba. Simba. Simba. And they show the, you know, and they play the music and James Earl Jones is still doing the voice. So it's the same voice. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, they're hitting nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. And I'm yeah. like, but nothing about it showed me that it wasn't just, Hey, it's 20 years in the future. Look at our technology. Here's Lion King. And mm-hmm. everybody was still excited. I'm like, I get it. It's fun. I loved Lion King when I was a kid. But do I need it in my life? I mean, did you watch Jungle Book? Uh, no. Okay. Because Jungle Book was pretty great. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty great for... It looks amazing. They, the characters and the animals look awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's the reason to watch it. It's just to be like, this is how good... CGI has become because I mean, that's jungle. I mean, cause then you got to think the whole time I was watching jungle, but about halfway through, I went, this kid is pretty much just talking to a tennis ball. Like this whole world around him yeah. doesn't exist. He's in a room with green 365 green right. and just staring at walls. And he is completely made out to seem like he's talking. To, it's pretty good. And, but again, it was, you know, you got the bare necessities and all the characters, and the ending was a little different, but... They're going to be doing another live-action um, Jungle Book. It's coming to Netflix. Yeah, Mowgli? Yeah. Is it a is it a prequel, or is it a sequel? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That comes out next month, right? Pretty sure? I think it's I think, coming pretty soon. I think yeah. it's the last big Netflix release. They have two releases next month that are big. One of them is Mowgli. The yeah. other one's Roma, which is the big... Netflix trying to get an Oscar that they want so bad. Okay. Um, <coughs> well, we'll have to watch it. You'll have to see the Lion King trailer just because to see what everybody's flipping out about because that's what everybody's doing right now. Um, Does Johnny Depp play one of the characters this time? Or I don't think so. Uh, Some of the voices are like the the voice cast is solid though. It's like seems uh, like Johnny Depp's in it. <laughs> I can see him doing one of the voices or something. Yeah, you know, like the voices, you know, off the top, man. I know King and Michael Key has a voice. Uh, John Oliver. I can just voice. I can just about guess which one is Ke- Keegan Michael Key. Is it? Um, we can Timo- pull up. Is it Timon? Is I, I think it's, it's I think Timon it's, and Pumbaa. It's one of the two. Was it Timon? I bet. You want to? A little. Uh, it's like a meerkat or something. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it might be Timon. It might be Pumbaa though too. Let me. Uh, Pumbaa had the deep voice though. Pumbaa was the big warthog. Right. Yeah. Nathan Lane did Timon in the original. Yeah, right. 
I'm picturing Keegan Michael. That's my guess. All right, here we go. I got the cast right here. Uh, let me see if I can find that one image that made the rounds. Keegan Michael Key is actually Kamari. I don't know what's Kamari. No, is that? Oh, that is. I think that's one of the uh, three hyenas. Oh, right. Sure. So Pumbaa is Seth Rogen. I can see that. Uh, Timon is Billy Eichner. Billy, do you know Eichner. Billy Eichner? He's, I know the name. Do you? Do you oh, have Parks and Rec. He's yes. The late seasons, that guy. Yep. And then uh, John Oliver Zazu, the bird. Okay. Um, Donald Glover is Simba. Okay. Beyonce was Nala. Okay. Uh, James Earl Jones still doing Mufasa, so okay. they're doing that. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is Scar. Um, Eric Andre is Azizi. You know Eric Andre from Adult Swim? No. Yeah, he's pretty funny. So those are like the main the main actors doing some stuff yeah. in this. So you know, oh. they loaded it up. Yeah. So wait, who would have thought Disney can afford to load up a movie called uh, Lion King with voice actors? Who would have thought? Right. A um, couple other things that are going on. So did you know? Do you know anything? And I don't know much besides a little bit about the new uh, Robin Hood that came out. You saw Robin Hood came out, right? I, I was on the PlayStation Store, and I saw there was a Robin Hood movie, and I tried clicking on it to see what it was, and it wouldn't let me click on it, and I just I gave up. <laughs> that was as far as you got. Yeah. Okay, so here was what I knew it came out, like, I don't know, a week or two ago that it was coming out. Uh, my first thought was, uh, why? Nobody, nobody needs a Robin Hood movie, right? Never. Never. Did you see the Russell Crowe one? No. Okay, I saw that. I heard it was bad. It's bad. And then beyond, like, who, who, is that a story that just needs to stop? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we got, um, there's a whole Arrow TV series. That's right. That's good enough. Right. Or, and everybody, and just keep us with the awesome animated one from like 60 years ago. You ever watch that one with the Fox, the Robin Hood? Oh, right. That's yeah. a great movie. But, uh, so it, it cost a hundred million dollars to make. Mm-hmm. It only made 22 million this weekend. And so far, oh, is, it in, is it in theater? Yeah, this weekend. Wait, it's in theater? <laughs> yeah, it got released last weekend. Oh, I I'm pretty it was, sure it's playing local, too. It looked like it was available for download on PlayStation. Was it a pre order? It might have been a, a pre order or an advertisement or something. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, it's the biggest $100 million bomb so far this year. Who would have thought? Well, who's in it? it the image that, that was there. Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx. Okay. Uh, who plays Robin Hood? Uh, Taron Edgerton. And who we know I from? know him from. He's like a good looking dude, but he's kind of a bad actor. Um, let me just make sure I know uh, what I remember. I've from. I think, isn't name. he from Kingsman? Yeah, that's what I know him as. Oh. Yeah. The, the young kid? Yeah. Okay. So he plays Robin Hood? Yeah. I, I don't think that sounds interesting. He's not a big star. No, he's pretty new. Well, he's 20, 29. Yeah. Kingsman was good. I like those movies. Sure. I didn't see the second one. I got it. Second the, one, first one. <clears throat> the second one got a little bit ridiculous. Um, I mean, that's kind of the point of those movies. They're kind of like James Bond, but like almost even sillier. Sure. But... Um, in the second one, they resurrected a character from the dead using basically an ice pack. And and, and, and that like was that. pretty much spoiled. Yeah. Jeez, in a tra- oh, practically a trailer. 
when they yeah. kill what's his name in the first one, and they make it seem like it's a, oh my gosh they did it, and then of course in the second one they're like, remember when he was like the one big name? We could probably uh, we could probably use him again. No, I got the gist off the first one. I yeah. I, I saw it. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I didn't need to see another one. And I think there's a third one. I think they've announced that there's a, they're doing a third one. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. But I don't that kid that's in it. Like, I, I didn't even remember his name. I mean, he's not really a big star. So they spent a hundred million dollars on a movie that was going to star him. Yep. Well, it's no wonder they lost money. He's not a big star, and I don't think anyone's demanding to see another Robin Hood movie. Right. So it's a movie that just nobody's asking for. Correct. And it, and from what I heard, too, that they teased a sequel at the end of it, and people were like, good luck with that. <laughs> I love that. What would the, oh, and I'll never remember it now, but there was a movie like a year or two ago that teased a sequel. And it just tanked so hard. Well, oh, man, what was it? I'll never remember it off the top of my head. Valerian. I didn't watch Valerian. I liked Valerian. I have, you know what? So uh, one of the podcasts I listened to called Critically Acclaimed, those two guys, both film critics, love Valerian. Yeah. And they know that nobody else does. And they're like, I do. don't care. Let them know I do. Yeah. Dude, I've, See if we can get Luke Besson to make us a sequel. I've almost won. I've, it's one of the movies that I've pushed off and pushed off and pushed off um, just because. Um but I want to watch it because I know a few people that say it's like kind of awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to watch it. Maybe that's a good movie. We'll have to watch and talk about just because it's, it, it falls on that list every year. I'm like, you know, I should just suck it off and watch Valerian. And then I don't, but now that you say it's good. Yeah. It's but it has a horrible rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think both I ways. Yeah. Actually, I want to talk about rating systems a little bit. Okay. Let's hear. Well, we're going to talk, we're going to, well, I'll talk about it. I'm going to bring it up after, um, after we talk about Galveston. Okay. Um, Valerian has a 48% from audience or from critics. I'm trying to get there. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and then 53 from audience. So pretty much the same. Okay. What, um, what are, so there's Google reviews now too. Okay. You can sure. click a thumbs up or a thumbs down when you're on Google. Okay. Try Googling the movie and see if there's a Google review for it. Okay. It might not be on there yet. Cause well, it might be. Which, which movie? Valerian. Valerian. Yeah. I watched a movie. Uh, it's one we're going to talk about, I think, on next week's episode. I watched uh, a movie called uh, Bullethead. And you haven't seen it yet, so we're going to wait to talk about it. But yeah. I really liked it, and it's only getting um, like 23% on Rotten Tomatoes from audiences, or 28% or something like that. But on Google reviews, it was like 75%, a complete 180 and I'm just, I'm trying to understand. Well, you know, so I don't see a Google review on it. I, I, it's maybe just not coming up. It might um, be too old of a movie. I yeah. It, I mean, it has a something. six, Valerian has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm -hmm. But here's my thought, and this could be just a thought too, is it's Netflix. You know, Netflix has the same kind of review uh, points too. You know, you just click thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm -hmm. It's a really easy click to do a thumbs up or thumbs down yeah. compared to Rotten Tomatoes where you have to actually have an account and you actually have to make the choice to click the whatever. I don't even know. I haven't even reviewed a movie on Rotten Tomatoes in years, so I don't even know how you do it anymore. But maybe that's it. It's so easy just to do, you know, up or down on a movie. It's an easy click. Well, I would say that maybe the people that are on Rotten Tomatoes are people that feel stronger one way or the other about the film. Right. And it's not, I would think so too. it's not maybe a, a, 
as random of a sampling. Right. It's like, um, you know, when you when you go to a store or something, you have a decent experience. You usually don't fill out the questionnaire. But if they screw up your order, oh, I'm filling this right. questionnaire up. And, and that's it. You because know what I mean? If you have an average time and all you have to do is click a button, mm-hmm. it's really easy to go like, okay. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So on Google, 75% of people gave it thumbs up. Okay. This, this movie, Bullethead, we're going to talk about next okay. week. Sounds good. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 20-something percent. Sure. So obviously there's some well and again like like we just said it's it's the click of a button yeah. over you actually have to physically log into an account click on a couple things and do the work yeah where this is right there yeah it's i mean and netflix is the same way netflix is super easy it's click up or down up or down mm-hmm. it's really fast um so maybe that's it maybe that's part of it like you get like you said you have to care yeah yeah like i'm just starting to, to wonder about some of the user ratings on around tomatoes because I've, I've been enjoying some films and I look on there, and it's like thirty percent. I'm like, what's what gives? What's you know? You know, and you know, you also on Rotten Tomatoes have to look at how many user ratings there are too. You know, it tells you how many people. Because sometimes it's really low. It's like a sample size of a couple hundred, and you're like, okay, well, that's that's a really small size. Yeah. Where you know, some movies are seventeen thousand, and then that gives you probably a little bit more. Yeah. You know, that's the problem with the, the the critic reviews too. Is there's how many working film critics in the country right now? Probably. 500 because it's such a lost job because the, the whole no more newspaper thing right. so half the movies on Rotten Tomatoes if you look like if they're not a big budget or a theater movie 100 reviews maybe to right. get that score from the right. critics you know like I mean the only movies that you see with over 250 are like Infinity War like and even that one only has probably 300 critic reviews because that's Probably every critic that actually gets paid to critique a movie nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, the critics I know all have, I think, six jobs because it's not the most lucrative job anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so interesting. Well, you know, it's it's you know, and that's where I get. I mean, I think the worst re- uh, user reviews ever are Redbox. Do you ever look at the user reviews on Redbox? I didn't know they had user. Reviews yeah, you can find them on the website. Oh. I don't use the website. Oh, it's they're they're the they're the epitome of what you just said of people loving or hating something. There's if they give you the five star review rating, it's either this is a five star movie or it's a half a star, and it's right. everybody complaining. There's nobody like, oh yeah, I rented it, even though it was only a buck and a half. You know, it was fine. You know, me and my family had an enjoyable time. Three stars. That's not a review you find. It's right. this movie is trash. Don't watch it. Or this movie's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Everybody needs to rent it for the buck fifty or buck seventy five it costs now. So <coughs> that's why uh, I don't care about user reviews. I have a grumpiness with user reviews now. Well, I'm just trying to understand what's going on because I feel like you know I, some of the movies I've been recommending. I look I look on the the user reviews and I see a really low score and I think is this not a film that people are going to enjoy? I, I I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm recommending it because I feel like it's a movie people would enjoy. And yet I'm looking on there and I'm seeing these really low scores. Like people aren't enjoying it. Do you think it's a, a Rotten Tomatoes problem? Do you think it's somebody, so somebody goes to Rotten Tomatoes and say they're, even before or after, say they're going to watch uh, Avengers Infinity War just because I'm staring right at the box. Um, and they go to Rotten Tomatoes and they see, oh, critics liked it 84% of the time. Do you think that triggers some psychological like thought in your mind, like this should be good or this should be bad? So if 
like say like say you go to Bullet Head or whatever. I don't know what the critic score is on it. Say it's thirty five. It was critics was like around fifty percent. Oh, okay. So say it was fifty. So that means they see it as like, okay, critics kinda like this movie and then you watch it. I think that's the reverse where people see a movie that you you've said before yourself of critics like a movie and you don't and you go in there and like the the you know, the audience score is like a forty and you're like, What are the critics thinking? And then it's kinda like the reverse where like you know, you go on there and you realize, well, the audience doesn't like it, but the critics do. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to understand it better, though. But um, I did read some of the reviews that were on there just so I could see what people were saying. And um, we'll get into it more. Yeah, we'll talk after next you, week. After I'll look it up it. and yeah. chat a little bit. So I think I have some ideas as to why people might have scored this one a little bit lower. Okay. But I was happy to see that on Google, it was getting a 75% approval because I felt that was much more appropriate. Okay. Um, I think it's a good movie. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, so. well, we'll we'll do that, but we'll get into our first movie mm-hmm. that we both seen. Yep. Uh, because it was requested a few weeks ago, so we both watched Galveston. Yep. Which is the uh, new movie, uh, uh, new Ben Foster's new movie. Mm-hmm. That I, it's in theaters, but you can catch it on demand, which is how we saw it. Um, so pretty much, Ben Foster is a uh, what cliche. Do you want cliche <laughs> bad guy who. I mean, the whole movie is a cliche in general. Yeah. Um, the movie's not anything new. No. It's nothing new. No. This movie's been seen a bajillion times. Right. Um, I like Ben Foster. I like Elle Fanning, two actors I do enjoy. So I was a little more interested because I was like, I like these two people. So here we go. But <clears throat> so the gist is, is you know, he's, he's in the mob. He, he learns right away that he's sick. Uh, his lungs have some sort of cancer in him. He goes to the mob and he, uh, or whatever you want to call it, sure, bad guys. Right. And uh, he, he, you know, he kind of gets sent on a, uh, a job to go to this house and uh, kill this guy or whatever. And he gets there and he realizes it's all kind of a setup against him. Right. A really cool little scene in the house. I thought the close-up shot of him kind of like breaking out, like the partner getting killed. This guy that nobody knows who really he is. So it doesn't matter that he gets shot in the head because we don't know. Um. In the house, he gets away, and he sees Elle Fanning, who is this uh, escort, and she's kind of, like, stuck in the middle. So he sees her, she's young, and grabs her and throws her in the car and says, we got to get out of town. Right, well, we've heard that one before. And yeah. so as they're getting out of town, you know, they're, you know, starting to know each other a little bit more here and there. You know, it's a big, you know, it's that whole connection of the movie. And midway through their trip to Galveston, Texas, which is where he's from, uh, they stop at another house. She runs in, grabs a girl, which you find out is her little sister. And now there's a little sister involved again, another cliche. And they go to Galveston, Texas. They rent a hotel and it's all about their time pretty much on the run. And it's his, you know, and I read a little like synopsis of the movie afterwards, just cause I want to see if, make sure I got everything. And I did. But one of the parts that people were even saying, like, I think even on IMDb says he's plotting his revenge. Was he? I didn't read that synopsis. Yeah, it was like, it was literally said, uh, guy on the, like, pretty much it just was guy on a run plotting his revenge. I'm like, I don't think that it was a revenge thriller. And the only reason why it was revenge is because of what happened at the end. He was just ready to get out of town. The only reason why he even stayed is because he picked this girl up. Yeah. I mean, he was ready to go to the border and peace out. Yeah, it, to me the whole thing seemed kind of lifeless. It was just he's he's this guy who's, who's dying, and 
you know, he's done some bad things in his life, but now he's going to, in, in his uh, last moments, have a moment of uh, redemption right. where he does something good for the young girl. Right. Again, we've seen it a billion times. A billion times. times. But again, um, he, oh, but the, the nice thing is, nice, it's not really nice, um, that isn't exactly what happens. And so that's a positive. Like, that is his goal, but it's definitely not how it shakes out. No. So I that, that I think, was a little, to me, helpful when it got towards it. Because by then, you know, by an hour into the movie, I was like, I got, I get it. I know all the beats of this. I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious. Um, but at the end, I didn't, it, you know, there was a, I, the last 10 minutes was a, upped it just a tiny bit more for me because I was like, at least you didn't go the full tilt route of the way this movie was going. We could probably give it away. I don't Yeah, so if you, anything. okay, so let's, uh, I don't think it's anything. If, if you do want to watch the movie and you don't want us to spoil it, we're going to say spoiler right now. And you're going to it's skip ahead. Though. Yeah, it's nothing. But so, so what? <laughs> I mean, if I was listening and somebody just said the ending, I'd be like, okay. So yeah, this give is us- not this is not a movie you need to see. We're not recommending. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't see it either. No. Um, so if you don't want to skip ahead, one minute right now. Right. So yeah, at the end, he she gets killed because he gets taken. They both get taken after. The, of course, the night out. You know it. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're 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 finally connecting. It's the night they've connected. They realize they're friends now. Mm-hmm. You know how that night is gonna end. I was just like, "What are they gonna get? What are they gonna get shot at?" Like I was just thinking it. Yeah. And of course, the second they got taken, I'm like, "Who would have thought?" Yeah. But yeah, so she gets killed, and then uh, he learns that, you know, he tries to escape because he gets beaten up by the mob. I will yeah. admit that uh, his face looked terrible. It was hard yeah. to it was hard to look at him. Like that was great great effect makeup, I thought. Yeah. But. Uh, and then the end is, it's like 20 years in the future, you realize that he didn't die, he went to jail. He went to jail, yeah. And then his the girl's sister comes to yeah. find him and wants to know what happened to her sister. Right. How, yeah, that's about the end. Yeah. And yeah. again, it, the problem with the movie is that it's it's nothing new. Right. Nothing new here. The, even the whole, like, sitting in the hotel, oh my god. And, so, and of course the hotel owner is always onto it. The, uh, like, He's always because he's such a brooding character. They've always they're always shooting him in darkness. Yeah, right. Like he's always sitting in the dark. Like <laughs> yes. he's alone in his hotel room smoking a cigarette. And it's like pitch black. I'm like, flip a light on it. Right. Room. There's even a part where towards the end he's talking to like a lawyer, and they're in darkness except for a little bit of light hitting him in the face. I'm like, don't these lawyers usually have some documents they got to go over? No, like, they're not gonna be able to read them in that room. Turn the lights on for God's sake. You know the other thing I thought about him. Uh, you know, because of course he has the lung cancer, and you know he's still smoking, which is bad. That so they also try to show that he's an alcoholic, kind of. But his it, it goes along with it. He always overfills the glass just too much. Like <laughs> like like when people drink straight whiskey, he just pours too much, and that's how you're supposed to know that oh he's drunk. Because <laughs> and he they always pour it like assholes. Why why do you why do when people in a movie like this. When they drink, they they grab the glass, they grab the bottle, and they pour it upside. And the whiskey gets outside the glass onto the table, and they sit back in their chair and they drink it. It's like he does that in the movie, and I'm like, now you have to clean that up off the table. I understand that you're like this mess of a guy, right. but why is that? 
you're you're sitting here by yourself. You know, you live here. I don't know. But that's where the cliche comes in. Yeah. I mean, and Elle Fanning, who is, a, is an actress I love, um, she, does, she can play in the, I don't know how much you've seen her. She does a lot of indie stuff. Um, I don't remember seeing really her. good at seeing, uh, really doing this, where mm-hmm. she's like the 19-year-old prostitute mm-hmm. who's good looking, who always talks like this at all times, which is great because that's why I like her. But about midway through the movie, I went, you could do this role in your sleep because I've seen her do this role like five times. Yeah. So, and that's just me. But yeah, no, there's no reason to watch this. Uh, it, cliche is literally like the worst. The movie, it felt like almost a parody of these types of movies because it's been done so much. But without the parody. Right. I think the reason why it might be getting attention is because it's from the same guy that did True Detective. which I saw that. Was, it did, he did season one, right? Of True Detective? Yeah. Yeah. I think one and two, didn't he? Is it the same director did both? I think so. And Season two is so bad. Yeah, I know people love season one and they hated season two. So it's true. So I think I people, watched them both. I, I'm guessing that's why this film is getting a little bit of attention is because he's got some notoriety from from the True, true Detective show, and people want to see what he can do for a movie. Right. And, and I mean, it, it helps that you know Ben Foster's, uh, you know, at least a low level a actor. You know, people know him. He's a, probably one of the faces that a lot of people know that don't know his name. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's usually the bad guy in things. Yes, that's that's what he does mostly all the time. You, anybody could have played this role, though. Well, there was nothing to it. It right. was Dr- the 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 director. Be the old guy that. <laughs> I'm sure that the stage direction was uh, surly. <laughs> that's you. Just be be dark. Right. Don't. Don't let anyone in because you have to let people in at the end. Yeah. After the hotel lady that knows everything about what's going on all the time tells you, you have to do this, which you knew was coming the yeah. whole time. Like, how does she know? Like he walks in the door and she already knows that that's not his niece nieces. First, why do you care? Like that was my first thought. So she already knows she's already onto him. What happened? What what about them walking in made any sense of this isn't what it seems to be? And if you really think that, maybe she called police. But then she says that she didn't. She she gives a reason why she doesn't. I'm like, not a good reason. Her reasoning was like, we don't need that girl to end up in the system. I'm like, uh, well, if you think he's as bad as he is, maybe the system's not as bad. Like, yeah. eh, it's just stupid. It was dumb. It was. I was, you know, I was, I, I didn't go into it. Like, I, I, I didn't. Care I sat through the whole thing, though. Thank you. You're welcome. You have to. If we're going to talk painful. about it. It was only an hour and a half. It was fine. It felt like three hours. It did. <laughs> it did. I, I will. I was, I watched it this morning at my house and I, I did pack my lunch during it. Yeah. While I was peeking out of the kitchen, like making sure something was going on. And then I knew it, like there was like 15 minutes left. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to power through it. And I sat down and I did it. So it was good. It was only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was easily tolerated, but okay. Yeah. Don't see really. So, um, what we like to do is if we talk about a bad movie, we want to give people recommendations for decent movies to go watch. Mm-hmm. I'll let you, I'll let you kick it off over there. Um, cause I know you said you, did you see Ant-Man and the Wasp in the theater? Uh, no. Um, okay. When Ant-Man Wasp came out in theater, a lot of people that saw it were telling me, ah, it's okay. So I just, I kind of put And it I was up. probably one of them. Uh, I don't remember. But everyone that I know that saw it just was like, 
kind of lukewarm on it. So I put off seeing it, but um, I did pick it up on Black Friday, and uh, I got to say, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it better than the first one. I liked the first one quite a bit, but this one I thought was even even better. It was really fun. Remind um, me a little bit of what it's about, because I haven't so, seen it since the theater. Um, in this one, they so I think in the last one, they, they mentioned that um, Hank Pym, Michael Douglas's character... He lost his wife in the quantum realm because she had to shrink real small right. for part of the mission that she was on to stop this missile from going off. She had to shrink real small to get inside the missile. And once you shrink that small, there's no coming back. Sure. Just, you know, I think we all know that. <laughs> um, but that in this the, one... That should be the tagline on the box cover right there. Once yeah. you shrink so small. No coming back, or is there? <laughs> or is dot dot dot. So in this one, they think that maybe there's a chance they can rescue her from the quantum realm. So Hank Pym is working on some new technology. Um, meanwhile, um, there's this new villain that's introduced called Ghost, who can sort of phase in and out. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I love the the fight scenes between. Um, Ghost and Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah, wasn't the... Uh, and again, I'm trying to think back months ago. The one fight scene was in like a hotel lobby or something like that. What was that room? I think it was the first fight scene with Ghost and those two. Um, I don't remember the exact setting, to be honest with you. But it was good, though. I remember that part being very there was, good. There was a couple good action scenes. I think um, Wasp fights Ghost once, Ant-Man fights Ghost once, and then both of them fight Ghost together. And Ghost is phasing in and out. They're shrinking real small, getting big again. So it's a lot of really kind of cool action cool. going on yeah. as if they're trying to hit each other. Really well choreographed action scenes. A uh, lot of good humor. You know, really funny dialogue. Um, and just they had a lot of fun with um, using the the ability to shrink things and and make things big in this movie. Right. Um, there's a there's because isn't this one they allow them to like shrink other like. Can't he, doesn't, and again, can I'm thinking back, doesn't he shrink, like, the, the building? Yeah. Right. Okay. They're, they're so that's, all, like, technology they can shrink just stuff. Yeah. Okay. They're, um, yeah, they're, they're based, they're, they're laboratory where they do all their work. They can shrink it down and just <coughs> take it with them. Right. Um, there's a really fun sequence where they're in a school and Ant-Man's, uh, his technology stops working correctly and he kind of shrinks halfway and he throws a hoodie on and he's, oh, kind of yeah. he's like a high school kid, kid. Or not a high school kid, like a elementary kid. Yeah. He's walking around. He's three feet tall. Right. That was pretty that. funny. There was just a lot of really funny stuff using the size. Sure. He gets real big. You probably saw it in the trailer where he gets real big yep. at one point too. Yep. So. Um, and yeah, just, just, if you like the first one, I think this one's actually better. Um, and there's a great post credit scene. I won't give it away. The post credit scene is very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yes. It, it's it's one of the better ones. It's good. It Real is. Good. Yeah. Important, keeps the ball moving. And again, you know, coming from a guy who doesn't know the lore, I mean, I obviously know it a lot more now because we're 20 movies into the Marvel franchise where, like, mm. after Iron Man, when they showed the post credit scene, I'm like, sure, I don't know what this is. Um, you know, I obviously get it more, but it was one where as long as you seen, uh, one previous movie, you got it. Like you don't have to be, it's not one of the ones where like, if you're not into what's going on, you, you don't get it. 
So that's that's one reason why I liked it, it a lot. Too. Yeah, it ties it into recent. Uh, yeah, so. right. Which is why I like those ones. I I have troubles, and I, I openly do when the cutscene or the end scene is. I think the first what was when did they introduce Thanos in the in the end credits? In oh, um, the first Avengers. Is that what it was? He just had a real small. Part. It was that small at the end. Yeah, I had no idea what that was, and I was like, okay. I remember my theater was like, oh, I'm like, don't know, <laughs> bad guy, sure, I think scary. But that's the reason why I like this one because it really. But it was the end scene is actually the thing I probably remember the most about Ant Man and the Wasp. Very good. Yeah, that's good. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you have that. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I've told you this before. I think Ant Man's the most average Marvel character, but people love it. You know, I give Ant Man credit for this. Is it's nice to have a break. Yeah, he's he's a little more fun and funny and and he and he, he ties in, but kind of. Like he's like the outlier guy, kind of. Yeah, he is. He, he I mean, they had him in Civil War, but mostly he's just been in his own movies. Right, he kind of does his own thing, has his own little story. That's what I probably like the most about Ant Man is that he's kind of his own shtick. Yeah, he's doing his own thing. Kind of like Deadpool in a way. Yeah, like, more funny, but you know, the only problem I have, and this isn't directly with Ant Man, this is, is how many of them can be funny. Well. I think I don't I mean, think they're practically it. like all funny now. They just turned forth Thor funny. He was like the one that wasn't funny. I didn't now think Thor Cap is like the only one that's not in Thor Ragnarok. Thor himself wasn't really that funny. Yeah, he had a couple funny lines, but mostly it was a lot of the supporting cast. Yeah, but he gets attributed just to it. The situations that he was in, I think, were funny. But he livened up though. They livened yeah. his character a little up. Yeah, I mean, which is probably what he needed. It worked for me. But I thought it was good. My my only thought is is how many more characters can be this. I mean, who, who uh, isn't funny? They haven't overdone it yet for me. It, I wouldn't say they've overdone it with me either. But they're close. Like, and again, that's the reason why it's nice to have Thanos, who is just a bad... Get, like, he's not... He's not a quippy villain. He's not doing... Like, I, I'm like, please, just give me somebody that doesn't want to... Like, yeah. that's the reason why I probably like Captain America a little more. He, he's pretty straight-laced and, like, mm-hmm. to it. But everybody else is just... Just funny, like they're a little uh, like. Uh, I got it. You're funny. All of you are funny. Give me a little, little darkness well, and seriousness. I think when Joss Whedon was doing the movies, he was overseeing the whole MCU for right. a while. Right. I think a lot of that was him. Yeah. He likes to do a lot of that kind of humor. sure. But um, for the most part, I, I don't know. I think it's okay right now. Okay. Yeah. I just want to know. I, I I think it's okay now too. We got like we got Black Panther. Um, yeah okay sure yeah. I mean Spider-Man's kind of funny but he's supposed to be right some of them are like I get it they're supposed to be right. I mean if you I mean Ant-Man has to be his character is Iron Man's always kind of had his attitude it can be viewed as funny but I think it's it's Tony Stark that's who he is yeah um, he's kind of got that attitude right but openly um, funny I mean Bruce uh, you know the Hulk he's funny they've he's definitely funny him. now They've done a little bit with him. Because he's, yeah. he's a goofy nerd, and that's kind of what makes him funny. Well, I even as Hulk, like when he's smashing people, they like to do it in kind of a comical way. Right. I guess if you didn't do it comical, right, it's going to be, I mean, it could be pretty bad. <laughs> that's <laughs> Hulk, which we've seen. He could he could definitely mess somebody up if he wanted to. Right. So they have to depict him as sure. a little more cartoonish. Right, but, you know, and then I guess if you look at it on the other side of the coin, too, is, is if they're not comical are they that interesting almost because vision 
to me, is uh, not an interesting person because nah. he has no personality. And, you know, I, uh, for me being such an Elizabeth Olsen fan, Scarlet Witch doesn't do anything either. She's not that in, interesting. Um, Infinity War, she had a she had a pretty good part. Pretty good part, but still, you're like, yeah, but you have you've been in like eight of these movies now, over exaggeration. But yeah. and now you you've barely spoken, and you're always a side character. Now you're like an important character now. Did uh, you know that she's getting a show. Yeah, uh, her and Loki, right? They're the Netflix shows yeah. or the Disney shows mm-hmm. on that streaming service. So is that going to be a streaming service you're going to have to get? No. Even with that. No, I'm not real hyped on a Scarlet Witch TV show. What about Loki? Mm, not really. No. But those are just the first two. Yeah. You know more is coming. I'm more interested in the DC st- streaming service. That Titans show looks pretty good. Is that out already, right? Yeah. You know, I canceled my cable mm-hmm. to not pay $100 a month. Well, I'm probably just going to wait and get the DVD for Titans. I'm not going to get the streaming service, but it does look like a, a good show. How much is their streaming service, DC? I don't know. I wonder. I didn't look into it. It's just it's crazy. I'm not going to be able to afford all this stuff. I can't watch all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, Amber the Wasp is a movie that's fine with me, but... Um, what, what's the next one for that series? Have they announced anything? Nope. Okay. Well, I suppose not with uh, how it's going. Right. So, that makes sense. Um, I guess the movie I would recommend... Um, again, I'm not saying it's a spectacular movie or anything, but it's way better than Galveston. Is this movie called Blind Spotting? So I was telling John before we went live on the mics that uh, a few months ago, um, pretty much three movies came out back to back to back about kind of a uh, Black America and kind of what's going on right now in the racial climate. And one was uh, uh, Sorry to Bother You, one was Black Klansman, and then one was Blind Spotting. And Blind Spotting just came out on DVD, and I think it's the best of the <coughs> best of the three because it's it's a really heavy situation that's seen a little lighter, which I think is nice. And it's more real. Uh, Sorry to Bother You is an over-the-top movie that just the premise John had a problem with. Well, Sorry to Bother You is the one about the... He's a he's a black guy who works as a telemarketer, and he's not finding a lot of success, but he starts talking like a white person and suddenly is finding a lot of success. success. Yeah, and that is the premise... Um, which isn't a great. Uh, That's the premise for "Sorry to Bother You," but this movie "Blind Spotting." Blind Spotting. So the premise. What's that of, one about? So the premise of this is is uh, it's this guy Colin. He uh, he he's a convicted felon. He goes to prison for a couple months, and what you're getting is you start off with him just getting out, and he's on probation now for a year. He's in. They live in Oakland, and you pick up three days left of his probation. Uh, he's a truck driver mover. And it's in like a Bay Area, Oakland, so it's like half kind of bad part of Oakland. But because he's a mover, he always goes to the really nice, rich parts of Oakland with his buddy. And his buddy's Miles, so really it's it's a buddy movie. His buddy Miles is a you know white guy, uh, tattoos, pretty uh, not level-headed, likes to smoke dope, likes to drink, likes to buy guns and do things that are against the law. So there's three days left of his probation, and this guy Colin needs to, uh, uh, you know, he just wants to get out of his probation. That's it. So the, there's a great scene where they open where uh, he's in a car with uh, his buddy and then this other guy, and they buy guns. And and he's like, no, you gotta let me out of the car, because he's in the back seat and he can't get out. And he's like, yeah, let me out. He's like, come on, guys. And he won't. they won't let him out. And 
And eventually, like, there's, like, eight guns in the car. And he even makes a mention. He goes, why are you guys have eight guns in the car? What's going on? So it's all about this shtick of, like, how he's he's slowly turning his character into, like, a better person. And his friend is not. And his friend is not allowing him to become a better person. So you got this guy, you know, tells Miles, like, hey, you should come over here and smoke with me. And he's like, no, I can't. And, you know, he's, like, peer pressuring him. He's like, it's sounds juvenile while still being like kind of a real thing where you you got buddies that don't want you to change, but he's trying to change for the better because he doesn't want to go back to prison. And he, he realized that when you go to prison, it kind of sucks and he's a black guy and he knows that it's even worse. So three days in the big uh, story arc is, is, you know, they're, he's on his way home. He's in a truck and he was waiting for the stoplight to go. And you know, it's late. It's like, you know, 11 at night, he has a curfew. So he has to get back to the halfway house he lives at and, and the red light won't turn. And you keep thinking in your head, you're like, he's going to run it and he's going to get in trouble. Like, don't run the red light. Just don't run it. Because we've all wanted to run that red light. Like, there's nobody around. It's dark. And right as he's going to run it, a guy, a black guy jumps in front of his truck and is like, looks freaked out, keeps running. And then a cop comes around and shoots the black guy dead. And he watches the whole thing. So now he has this 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 thing haunting him this whole time of I can't go to the police. I can't be a black I can't be a convicted felon and go to the police and tell him, oh hey, I was out past my curfew. Uh but I did see one of your officers shoot someone down. Because he's like, I'll just get put back in prison. So then then he has this whole other side emotional thing while he's, you know, just trying to get through these last three days about whether he not he should, you know, pretty much do the right thing. No pun intended on that. So that's kind of the story. It's pretty it's kind of interesting and they're a little their friendship these two guys is they're both like they're both so likable even though one of them's kind of a uh idiot um and then it turns into some you know pretty much he has to reevaluate you know what he's going to do in life and this guy that he hangs out with it's really a small movie but it's really good it's interesting i think you would like it so did they go into why this cop is just shooting a guy down for no reason um they kind of well it's kind of you know it kind of goes with what depending on who you are and what you look at and probably the story of what goes on in America. Now the guy was running from the cop and he just shot him. They didn't go fully, you know, cause the story you get, the story you get on TV is, you know, black, black guy assaulted him and he shot him down. But what you see is the end. You don't see that part. So you only see what miles saw and he saw a guy running away, get gunned down. Is it a white officer? And yeah. A black guy. So, yep. so there's that political, current climate thing there okay yeah so but that's not even really a major part of the movie it that's probably the little part of the movie i actually didn't uh get behind as much as that that part it, it feels so important in the beginning and then yeah it's alluded to throughout the movie is like he pretty much admits right away he's like i can't go to the police to tell anybody i just don't want to get in trouble he's like i want out of information and that's totally understandable i get it and then it kind of disappears until the end when it reappears, which seemed a little, a little out of place, but I thought the other part, I thought it was two stories there that didn't intertwine as good as they should have, but it didn't matter because I enjoyed either. I enjoyed the main story enough. So it was interesting. Again, I, of, of the three, I think that's why I compared it just because those three movies got lumped together so hard that uh, this is the, definitely the one I enjoyed a little more than the other two. So that was definitely the movie I like to watch this week. So if that sounds like something for you, 
So it was more of a serious movie. It wasn't like a comedy like the other two. Right. Definitely more serious. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's still rather light. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're sitting there joking around a bunch, but, uh, the two guys are, they have, you know, they're friends. They hang out, they have normal conversations that have some, I don't even know how you're going to say it, funny parts to it, you know, and they are moving movers and he, they rap a little, like they rap about things and sometimes their raps are pretty funny and, and stuff. So it's good. Were any of the actors in it recognizable? No, all bunch of new people. I even looked up, I even looked up who they were and I didn't think I knew them from anything, including the director, okay. all, all bunch of new people, which was, which was interesting. So, you know, some out there, you can get it at Redbox. That's where I got it from. So it's out there to see. So if you get a chance, blind spotting is what it's called. Yeah. Do you have anything else fun to talk about? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I'm eager for you to see this bullet. I, <laughs> I love how, I love how, um, oh, the name's so stupid, I'm gonna, but I, I'll, I'm excited. I'll, we gotta, you gotta hold off. I'll yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah. I'll watch. I guess the only thing that I'm, that I will say on here that I'm super surprised by, and I think I'm going to mention to you quick. So I, I, I did watch the spy who dumped me with Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Okay. Man, a couple people have told me it's good. It, uh, good isn't the word I would use, but it is kind of funny. Like, okay. I mean, the movie's dumb. I mean, it, it, it's all dumb. And yeah. I mean, the premise is dumb and what happens what's, is dumb. It's what's a, the premise? So, so it's Mila Kunis. She's, she, you know, her friends, Kate McKinnon and, uh, you know, they're doing the friend thing and, uh, McKinnon is, she's funny. And in the first half of this movie, she's, she's really funny. Cause like, she's just quick witted and she says the right thing at the right time, even when she, stuff's going bad. But then towards the end, it starts to get ridiculous, which is, but Mila Kunis is <coughs> meets this guy in the bar. You keep getting flashbacks of this bar and how she meets this guy. Um, but they break up in the beginning of the movie and she hasn't heard from him in like a week. They keep cutting from her being mad at him to him being chased. And you realize that he's the spy and he's trying to call her like while he's getting chased down and like finally he gets a hold of her and he's like getting shot at while he's like in Italy or wherever he is getting run down by whatever spy people are chasing him. Cause that doesn't matter. It's a comedy. None of that stuff really matters. Um, and then eventually he gets to her, he gets shot. This all happens pretty early. And he tells her that she needs, he needs, she needs to take this thing to Venice and save the world pretty much. And so that's what they do. Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon get in a car and get go to Venice and hijinks ensue. I mean, the spy stuff is horrible. I mean, it, it's all the spy setups. You want to talk about cliche? Because it's a comedy, so like the spy stuff doesn't have to matter that much. Like, kinda. So like, I mean, you totally know what's going to happen. I mean, the ending is not a surprise to anyone and how it works and what's happening. But it's a comedy, so you got to be a little lenient, I guess, on that. Like, if you're there to laugh, and I will admit, me and my wife, like, there are some points where we're like, this is funny. Like, I mean, it's dumb. It's funny. So it was light enough. It was an easy, it was an easy watch. I would say that. Like, and I was dreading it going into it when I watched, when I rented it. But I know my wife loves Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon, and so do I. So I was like, okay, we'll give it a go. I will admit, though, so uh, we were sitting on the couch, and so the movie's an hour and 50 minutes long, which doesn't need to be that long. We are watching the movie, and we ate during it, and, and finally, my wife was getting a little tired, and she goes, oh, man, how much of the movie's left? And I was like, oh, it, not much, can't be. So I grabbed the, you know, 
controller, paused it to see, you know, where the time frame was. Mm. We're at an hour and 10 minutes. There's 40 minutes left. And I turned around, like, how? What is going to happen? I'm like, I thought we were at the end. And I already thought I was 90 minutes in. So it did have that point where you're like, you got all the jokes, you know, at that point, you were like, okay, this is funny. Like, I get it. And then you were like, okay, it's stop. I, I it, it does stop being funny, but there's enough there. I think for, uh, if you want to sit at home and watch something that's super simple. And if you're fans of Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon, you get tons of that. Uh, yeah. I'm not really recommending it. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there's always a place like because I'm you know I'm married. There's always a place for those movies. That's an easy watch for both people. You know, my my wife and me have very different movie tastes. She she doesn't really even care most of the time, but she's gonna watch a movie. It's it's what you think. Like if you want to stereotype a girl, it's most of the time what you think she's gonna want to watch. So I do look for movies like this where I'm like, what can I handle, and what will she enjoy? And like this fits that. Like if you, I mean, you won't hate it. Did you ever see The Tourist with uh, Johnny Depp? I did and not. Angelina. That, I, I stayed away from that movie. It just didn't. I don't really. I, I, I'm done with Johnny Depp almost, so that just fell in my realm of. I don't mean you were to describing watch this. this one. It kind of. Did it sound like that? A little bit. Did you? Somewhat. So you saw The Tourist? I yeah. heard it was very bad. I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember a lot about it. Right. I thought sure. it was okay. Yeah, that was a movie I stayed. I, again, I'm on a point where Johnny Depp were. I don't know, man. When he's in a movie, I just almost don't see it. He's in all the movies, though. It, not as much anymore. He's yeah. slowly... He's been fading out. He was probably in there. Bit. You didn't know yet. Just to make me realize, like... Right. It, yeah. So, I don't know. That was the other one I wanted to just quick bring up. Was like, you know... It's fine. You know, some movies are just harmless. You know? Mm-hmm. That it falls in that harmless category... But some people really, I mean, you know, I remember when it came out, some people were really against it. Like, they thought it just was really, it's long. It's too long. Comedies don't need to be that long anymore. I mean, every comedy, it doesn't need to be two hours. Give well, me, especially, you said it stopped being funny after a while. So. It did. It, oh, of course, because you get the jokes and you get the characters. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you know Kate McKinnon, you know the character she's going to be. So once you see her doing that character for 45 minutes, I got it. I yeah. get the jokes. You know, and then the spy stuff, of course, you know, the first half of any comedy um, is about the comedy you're setting up. The second half is the story plus comedy. This movie, it's funny when it was just the comedy. Then you add in all the spy crap. That's not good. Mm -hmm. Then you're just like, ugh, I'm done. Another one that I enjoyed was um, This Is War. Or This Is War. I think it was called This Is War or Love Is War or something like that. It had uh, Chris Pine. And, um, what's his name? Uh, Tom Hardy. Okay. Tom Hardy and Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon. And it's where she's dating these two guys. And Wasn't both, it Love is War? Is that right? Maybe it was. I'll look it up. I thought it was called This is War. You could be right. Um, but it was, they're, they're both, they this, both start seeing the this same. This means war. This means war. So we're both halfway there. Yeah. They, so Reese Witherspoon starts seeing both these guys around the same time. And they they find out about each other, and they're they're both spies. They're both like James Bond kind of guys, and they got all the gadgets for spying. And that one I remember. I really enjoyed. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I don't know if I've seen it. 
you know, I like the people in it too. It's twenty five percent from critics and a fifty from audience. That sounds yeah. that sounds about right. That's yeah. I I was one of the fifty. I liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I don't know if I've seen it or not. Um, I, I think it would I like probably, I like them three people. They would probably fit in with uh, what with you this. just described, kind of a similar genre. Okay, yeah. that's good. Good recommendation. Yeah. So there you go. If that's what sounds like a good date night movie, watch those. This means war and. And the tourist. Spy, don't we? And the tourist. Yeah. There you go. There's three. Yeah. Three easy spy, honey love story movies. They're right. all kind of the same. Again, stay away fun. from the killers, though. That killers. was the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher. Well, that's your first. That's your first mistake. That one was really bad. I don't know what Ashton Kutcher's ever done that I've enjoyed. So that '70s show. Yeah, that's about it. Um, but that wasn't all him. What else was he in? Dude, where's my car? That was good. I mean, when I was fifteen, right? So I mean, I think that was a yeah, a generational good movie. I want to see that again, actually. Do you? We should do a watch along. Oh, I don't know if I need to see it again. I it's been a long time, but even then, even when I was young, we'll I find remember, out if it holds up. <laughs> that's true. I remember even when I was young, I, I I didn't think it was great. Or what's the other movie? Did they do a sequel to that one? I have no idea. I hope not. Not with the same two people. I don't know. I think they might have. No way. It was Dude something. Dude, where's my something? They did another one, I think. I'm going to look it up. Well, there's also the other one that I think a lot of people like that was Ashton Kutcher was uh, Just Married with uh, Brittany Murphy. I don't know if I saw that one. Yeah, that's uh, Brittany Murphy in that movie. She's she's good. That was her big, I remember that was her big breakup movie. Dude, where's my car to? Ashton Kutcher confirms there's a script for a sequel. That was two years ago, two and a half. So no, there wasn't a re- there wasn't one. Well, we got one to look forward to. Nope. <laughs> nope. I would never watch that if him and Sean William Scott did that again. Maybe people just parodied the title so much. That's why I was thinking there was another one. That sounds about right. Yeah. It came out in 2000. Had a, a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. From critics or from, from critics. audience? From critics. I bet it was 110. 110. Now I gotta look it up. Yeah. We should already we should have these pre-prepared next time. But we'll we'll do this before we get out of here. Take a guess. Where do you think the audience is on it? On uh, Dude Where's My Car? Yeah. I'll say sixty-three percent. Forty-seven. Alright. Is that good? That's okay. It's less than less than half. It's about half. I mean, that's not surprising. I mean a movie like that. That was kind of the shtick for a while there. I say shtick a lot. I think um, people have to pretend like they didn't like it. But just because it's a stupid movie. <laughs> that year or two there, though, those movies, Dude, Where's My Car, American Pie, Road Trip, those was a thing. Yeah. For about three years there, every comedy was just like those. If if you go to Dude, Where's My Car, and you come out and you're, you're not satisfied... <laughs> It's one of those where it's like, why were you at a movie called Dude Where's Dude Where's Like True? It's about two dudes looking for their, looking for car. their car. Well, don't spoil it if they haven't seen it. <laughs> Dude but, with, the, with the tattoos see, on their back. I respect a film like that because to me, that film delivers as advertised. Sure, it's it's a stupid movie. Yeah, about two stoners that get they. I don't know if they were drunk or high or whatever they were, but they they wake up. I'm pretty sure they were high. Yeah, and they can't find their car. <laughs> That's it. That's the and then plot. Now they have to try to figure out where the car is. Right. And it, yeah. Well, 
what you just said is just speaking around to me. It was Matt Atchity, who used to be the writer in chief. He's not anymore. That's like what his tagline is. It's for movies. And actually, I just heard him say it this week. He goes, if it delivers what's on the box. Right. Can you be mad at it? That's what I'm saying. And I think he said that. He said that about a movie this week. He's like, it delivered what was on the box. Right. He's like, that's just what I got. So why are you surprised when it's not what what the movie? Because some movies outright tell you. And I mean, that movie was, I think, pretty well saying what it was. Oh, gosh, dude, where's my car conversation? Who would have thought in six, six episodes that we'd have a conversation about? Dude? But uh, that other modern than, classic. Mo- no, no. What are you talking about? Get out of here. It's better than Galveston. They're not in the same realm, though. That, you can't compare those. Those don't work. That's true. That's true. Dude uh, dude wears my car is a much higher form of cinema. I, I agree with you there. <laughs> so, 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 I am, I, uh, we need to end this before you say more things like this, because this is bad. I'm going to end with that. Find us. Facebook. Right. Tune in good. next week. We'll have a great recommendation for you. <laughs> I hope with Bullethead. I, you, you you've built it up now. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, you've said it like three times in the pod. You've built me up now. Yep. So I'm now prepared to uh, hopefully enjoy it's, it. It's going to live up to. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not overselling it. I uh, I hope not. I'm ready. All right. Okay, so that's where we are. Find us on Facebook, Hollywood Haymaker. Listen to us, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Tune in. Is that it? I always, I always feel like I'm missing one. Somewhere. Find it on Facebook. You can find it. Drop us a if comment. If you're listening to it currently, then you've already found it. Found so it, right. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Um, tell other people. Again, like it's on Facebook. That's what we want. Comments, share. All those fun things. That helps us out. So that's it. Thanks.
You want, you don't want what you want at all. 